everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. As always, I'm Adela Marcy, brought to you by AdelaMarcy.com, AdelaMarcyUnplugged.com, and of course, any other website that you came here from that's related to me. Um, and we're also sponsored today by our friends over at PurelyHosting.com forward slash Adel. If you've gone over there, you can get your business account set up and also your basic uh, hosting package set up. They'll build a website for you that's worth about two to $3,000 uh, worth of time um, get it up and ready, put in some amazing plugins and basically give you top-notch support with everything you do. It's one of the most secure hosts I've had uh, and worked with in the past. They actually do a lot of my client stuff as well. So you guys go on over there to purelyhosting.com forward slash Adil. You guys get the website built for you as well. So they give you some really, really cool stuff. We're also authored today by lifefuellift.com. Uh, lifefuellift.com is my friend AJ, uh, I'm going to matter his surname, but it's AJ Mirzad. I think that's his surname. Yes, you got it. Oh, sweet. Uh, AJ Mirzad's going to be here with us today. And just to give you a quick heads up, AJ is the best-selling author behind the book, The Mind Body Solution. It's basically a train-your-brain kind of uh, permanent weight loss program that he actually provides to actually give you a better life and better shape as well as more energizing and more of a healthy look. Uh, I'm going to be making fun of him because he actually told me how he came up with this concept and it's hilarious. That's how he actually ended up in this podcast. So, um, But just behind that as well, he's actually a fitness professional. He works with fit pros. Uh, he's been featured in men's fitness and bodybuilding.com. He's got a master's in psychology. The dude really does know his stuff. He's a keynote speaker and generally just a fun, regular guy. So if you like, obviously, you know, you can get all this information over at lifefuellift.com. Uh, that's L I F E. F U E L L I F T dot com. God, you have a lot of F's in there. Um, but anyway, so AJ, thank you for being here, man. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, I'm so honored to be on this podcast. And I love the other episodes. And uh, yeah, we have these amazing conversations, and I'm glad we can now share it with the world. Yeah, pretty much. Like, our conversations range from like really cool to just stupidly weird. So, uh, guys, strap in because that's kind of like how we're going to be doing this as always. So, yeah, like when you came up with the actual um, the body mind solution, I think that was like the huge thing. Like, was that before or after the whole Nika incident when you were like twenty nine, or was it like when was that? Okay, well, yeah, let's go back to my backstory. I'm actually let me just do a quick correction. Uh, my site is a uh, Life Fuel Fit L I F E F U E L F I T Fit. I thought it said lift. Yeah, this is where your dyslexia comes in. So lifefuelfit.com. God, I'm so retarded yeah. sometimes. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm oh, really it's slow. All, it's all good. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back into my uh, backstory of my hero's journey and how I came to be the man I am today. And it was a lot of just uh, challenges of growing up being overweight. And uh, being overweight made me very depressed. And I was extremely insecure about my body. I had zero confidence. And uh, was very shy growing up, very introverted. In fact, I stuttered for the first 20 years of my life. And all these uh, insecurities and uh, negative thoughts led me to really abuse drugs and I was drinking excessive alcohol and I uh, just had a really had a screwed up life. And uh, it wasn't until one day I was 60 pounds overweight, you know, I had these big chipmunk cheeks, man boobs and a stomach. And I said, I just can't live like this any longer. And that's when I said, yeah, you know, I got to get this weight off. I need to change my life. And that's where I discovered the world of fitness and uh, totally just went on this crazy crash diet. I had no idea what I literally just went to the gym seven days a week. I was on a treadmill for three hours a day is eating nothing but turkey breast and lettuce. 
And uh, eventually, I was able to lose the weight, a lot of man boobs, and I got pretty skinny. And I started to really understand, like, wow, you know, all these years I suffered with depression and being overweight and just hating myself. And now through this wonderful aspect of fitness, I was able to get in shape, have more energy and look and feel a lot better. And that's what led me to uh, become a personal trainer. And uh, from that, you know, I started training clients and I built a, a personal training business and really just had a lifelong goal to help others improve themselves. And, uh, you know, it started from there. So I guess that was kind of like the, the initial journey into the mind and body industry. That's pretty badass, dude. I mean, especially the whole thing, because I can relate. Because though I wasn't actually fat by most people's standards, but when I was like 13, I weighed, uh, or 12 or 13, I weighed like 170 or 80 pounds at the time. I was like 13. Um, but yeah, dude, I felt horrible. Then when I started training, because I'm getting in shape and stuff, you just feel so much better when you slim down. Yeah. And by the way, it, just, just a quick gone. Just a quick side note to like um, people that are out there that actually feel like I'm bashing on them. I'm not. You can be like big and stuff and be cool. Sorry, that's my cat. He's gonna be an asshole this entire interview. Just, yeah. just a quick heads up to everyone. Um, but yeah, when like, of course you can be like big and healthy and stuff. It's just that what we're saying. What I'm saying is that once you kind of pull it all back from the point of, I feel horrible because. People comfort eat because they feel horrible. I mean, once you come back from that place and actually find a really, really happy, peaceful, like balance, um, you'll basically go ahead and just find that you know you'll slim down, and by slimming down, I mean you'll declutter your body full of crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's amazing. Um, well, just like you know, your health does. You know, obviously, uh, we we have these discussions on uh, your life has these different areas, whether it's your health, your wealth, your relationships, your happiness. Um, when it's out of balance, you know, one area is suffering, it destroys every element of it. You know, if like your health is like a one out of 10, you're obviously not going to have the energy to create a good solid business. Your relationships are going to suffer. You're going to obviously not be very secure with your physical attributes and even your happiness. You know, when you're not at your best, you lack confidence, you lack energy, and uh, just the overall peace of mind. So it's amazing how all these different areas of our life, all these different branches, when you have them working at optimal levels, you know, your life is just awesome. So it's really good to identify that as, as you get older. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially when, if like, if you start out young, you kind of like appreciate some degree, but if you, like the older you get and stuff, the better it becomes. And I knew he was going to go ahead and be an asshole the moment I started speaking. Oh. <laughs> Okay, right. Just to give just to give you guys a quick heads up. He's like, um, he's a Bengal, so they're just really, really vocal and uh, stuff. So if like I disappear halfway through, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna be right back and just put him somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. So what actually got you into like understanding more, like doing the masters in psychology? Because that's like a big thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, um, as I was a personal trainer, um, over time I, I came to realize that uh, many of my clients were able to get themselves in the shape. However, they still had insecurities and they still had areas within their own personal confidence. Like, you know, it's even with me as well, you know, I, I was able to lose 60 pounds and sure, I, I definitely had a boost in my confidence. I got more attraction from the opposite sex, but I still had a lot of uh, just negative thought patterns uh, from when I was growing up. And um, 
I still felt like I wasn't at my best. And that's where I really decided full-fledged into discovering psychology, you know, really understanding the human mind and really how, you know, the reason why I got myself into shape in the first place was because I made a mindset shift. You know, I always knew that there was a way to diet and a way to exercise. However, you could find the best diet plan, the best workout plan, but if you don't apply yourself to discipline, the day in and day out habits, you're never going to accomplish your goal. So that's why I said, I have to really master this mindset thing. So I went back to schooling, I went master in psychology, and that really took my business to a whole nother level because it allowed me to really understand why we do the things we do and to really trigger people. I think the most powerful superpower that you could have in any industry is to inspire someone into action. And that was my goal. I was like, how can I get into a person's mind, make a shift and inspire them to take an action, whether it was following a nutrition plan, going to the gym, self-improvement. So psychology allows you to really get into a person's mind and to really trigger a pain, make them realize like, wow, my life sucks. I need to do something about it because usually we don't make a change unless we're in pain. So once you get that pain triggered, then you say, here's how to get out of that pain. You're now aware of it. You got to make a change. And once they hit that rock bottom, they start to make changes that inspires them to do more and to become better. And, you know, it becomes a snowball after that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, because like, what was it? Maxwell Maltz said it best where um, if uh, you basically end up, you, like he could make people physically beautiful by plastic surgery. Um, yeah. But you could end up like, completely unhappy on the inside because you've not sorted yourself out like you've not gone ahead and done the um inside work that you need to do that is such a good point yeah it's like your own uh, self-identity you know yeah and um it, it's it, it's when you sometimes see like a uh, self-made billionaire you know you see a person who came from uh you know regular household even sometimes poverty and within a generation they became a billionaire you're like, how is that even possible, you know, to generate that much wealth in one lifetime? And you look at, you know, they had a self-identity that they believed it was possible and they took the right strategies and steps, you know. They're not any smarter or more, no more talented, but you see these amazing human accomplishments because of this specific inner identity that a person has and they hold very strong to it. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely incredible, like, the way it all works. And again, to, like, go on to the whole business side of things, you, you've done that with your clients because I assume whenever I do this with my clients, I can show you how to write an amazing sales letter. I can show you how to go ahead and create, you know, seven figures. I can help you do all of that because I've, you know, I've done it for so many of my clients. I know how to like, you know, you figure out the formula after a while because there isn't a way to do it. But one of the things that I try and impart to them is simplicity is everything. Like the more simple things are, the more you'll... A, get people to take action, but B, you also go ahead and let yourself take action because the simplicity ingrains in your brain. It just like shows your, it like slowly changes your mental patterns. If mm. that makes sense. Like for instance, if I told you, yeah. go there and lift that boulder, you're going to be like, holy crap, I can't lift that boulder. That boulder's huge. But if I start like doing little simple things and little simple tasks and eventually you start without realizing you become so strong enough that you can actually move that boulder. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great point. Wow. Yeah. It just made me realize like, you know, um, the same thing with you, you know, I, I, I help trainers build an online business. And, uh, one of the things 
people come up to me is they want a strategy, they want a tactic, you know, how can I generate leads or how can I build a webinar? How can I find out this technology that'll bring me money? And I realized that you could teach the person the best tactic or the best technology. However, at the end of the day, if their self-belief is not there, it's never going to be successful because the moment something doesn't work out the right way or doesn't live up to the expectations, they go into this negative mind state, you know, this failure type of mentality where, oh, nothing works. Why does this work for me? Why does it work for someone else? So in reality, it's all about having that powerful self-belief before you go into finding out the specific tactic. Yeah. I mean, I've been there on that side where I'm just like, why does this not work for me and work for everyone else and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, you, like the big mindset shift I had to change it around for me, personally speaking here, was looking at it and going, and again, this could just be another thing because it is mindset, but it could also be just, um, it worked for them because they came from a completely different place like mentally yeah. and physically and had different resources. And maybe the reason it's not working for me is not because I'm not applying it correctly, but because I'm supposed to take this information and adapt it to who I am already. And then mold myself yes. around it rather than it mold around me. That is so powerful. Exactly, exactly. I think it was um, Anthony Robbins who said, it's not about the resources, but it's about resourcefulness. You know, you could give a person all the best resources you could, you know, give them the best copywriting books and have them study the information programs and give them this world-class coach that gives them the exact step-by-step -step rules. They could fail. They could be very unsuccessful because they don't have that resourcefulness. The resourcefulness doesn't need all the fancy tricks or the bright, shiny objects. They just get it done. They do whatever it takes. If they have to stay up all night long setting up a web page, if they have to test and spend hundreds of dollars and failed ads to figure it out, they'll figure it out. And those are people who stand out. So that is the ultimate resource, you know, that whatever it takes attitude, I'm going to make this successful if it kills me. Yeah. And um, it's crazy just how like, Tony's just influenced so many people. I mean, the guys influenced me ridiculously to no end. And the guy's like the king of influence right now, as far as I'm, aware, as far as I believe. Um, yeah. But it's so true. And again, the guy actually interviewed Maxwell Maltz and was on about like, uh, just about how like different parts of the brain. Well, no, it wasn't him. He interviewed Dan Caddy, but he did interview another, um, what's his name? A plastic surgeon. It's so crazy because this is a true thing. It's like on YouTube. If you guys have listened to this, you can like go there and check it out. But he says the difference between success and failure in golf. And this and between beauty, okay, and ugliness is about a millimeter. Wow. Yeah, or a centimeter, something ridiculous. It's like a tiny small amount of measurement. Um, yeah, I think it's a millimeter. It's literally a millimeter. If your eye is the same size as the cupid bone, uh, like the cupid bow right above your lips, uh, to your nose, if for a female, if your eye is about that same size, then you're absolutely beautiful and stunning. But if it's a cent it's like a millimeter or a centimeter more then you're okay. If it's more than that, you're butt ugly. <laughs> that, that's literally the nice way of putting it. So, yeah. Wow, that, that's so fascinating. Yeah, that's a great analogy. It is that like 1%, like, uh, just like, and I, I think it, it was Anthony Robbins who said this one as well. It's like if you're basically uh, trying to take a flight from New York to California and you're one degree off, you know, you can end up in like Alaska, you know, because it's like that small, tiny, 
percentage that will make you successful or unsuccessful. And that's where the mindset comes in, where, you know, you have the best strategy, world, the best diet plan, the best workout plan. If you don't have the right mindset to have the core of going in and applying it, you're always going to fail. Oh, entirely. And of course, you've got the whole thing where you're like, if like, how, what's the difference? Like, how do you get water to boil? Like, do you yeah, know, like the number okay. between like boiling and normal is one degree. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Just like how little things like that happen. But, um, speaking of which i just remembered something like when you were coming up with like this whole idea of teaching like um uh, teaching people how to basically go ahead and run their businesses and understand that i'm guessing that came up to that either happened to you while you were either in the toilet or in the shower like which one was it because one of the two <laughs> definitely in the shower i have all my best ideas in there yeah, see, this is a thing that, like, okay, women that are listening to this, you need to understand the reason why men take absolutely forever is because we get ideas. We really do. Like, our brains just go, like, crazy in there. Don't know why. Yeah, I, ideas and masturbation, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I've, n I've not, not so much myself on the bit with a shower, but, like, yeah, I know a few guys that have. Did you ever hear about the thing that happened in Chicago? I think it was, like, the University of Chicago. Uh, uh, no, dude, the staff had to write a, a letter to all the male students in this, like in one of the housing blocks because they're like, we've, we get it. Pleasure time's okay, but do it in your bedroom rather than in the shower because you're clogging up the drains. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I can't imagine the plumber who had to test that out to figure out it was semen. Oh man. I feel sorry for that guy, but I hope he charged <laughs> the university a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. So like, you know, why are the clogs, you know, and we have to test this material. What could it be, you know? And the DNA, like, oh my God, it's semen. <laughs> that's just like the craziest <laughs> shit in the world. But, all right, so I've got to ask. So I've got to ask this much. When you were writing your actual book, um, like, what was like? How did you go about doing that? Because that's something like I know a lot of people, including myself, I'm looking at doing. But how did you go about it? Did you go like self-publish, or did you publish yourself? Like, did you get a publisher? Well, here, here's the thing, you know, I basically um, had a lifelong dream of writing a book. I'm sure uh, everyone has. And I uh, just always saw it as a difficult challenge, you know, like, wow, you got to like really put in 20, 30,000 words of content. You have to figure out the chapters and, you know, it's obviously uh, a lot to do. And uh, for me personally, I'm a hunt and peck typer. You know, I'm just super slow at typing. I'm like a turtle. And um, one thing I'm good at is talking, you know, when I talk about something passionate, I could go on for hours and hours and hours. So I discovered this amazing software, it's called Copy Talk, and it's this transcription service where you call up a phone number from your mobile phone and you just talk into it and literally it transcribes your voice and within two hours, they send you this big block of text where everything you just spoke about. And I came to realize that if I spoke for 10 minutes, it was about a thousand words. So here uh, where I live in New York, you know, we had this uh, crazy hurricane and it literally shut down the power for the entire month, like no internet access, no power, you know, it's very, very limited. And I was like, you know what? I have 30 days, there's nothing I could do. So let me just write this book by transcribing it. So I just simply set this goal that every morning when I wake up, I'm going to talk for 10 minutes. I'm going to just 
transcribe my voice, and after 30 days, I'm going to have 30,000 words. A little piece of paper, I made the outline of the book right before the month started, and every day, I just literally woke for 10 minutes, and day after day, I was getting my book done, and then on the 30th day, I had this giant, scary block of text, 30,000 words in this Word document, and uh, what I did was I found an editor, and I said, listen, this is my book, this is my outline, please uh, clean it up, put it into chapters, and uh, just organize it for me, and uh, it was fairly cheap. She took the text and made it into this beautiful book with chapters and layouts and quotes and, and all that great stuff. And then uh, from that point on, I took the self-publishing route and I just uh, put it on Amazon. And from that point on, did a great strategy of promoting it, sending it to my list and to all my friends and family members. And uh, the cool thing was, you know, uh, after a few weeks, uh, I became an Amazon bestseller. And uh, it was one of the greatest things I did. And that was kind of like my method of writing a book. And I'm actually working on my second book the same way. I'm just talking and transcribing it and just getting it out there. That's actually one of the best ways to like sort that out because, yeah, speaking is so much easier than typing. I mean, I touch type uh, quite a bit. So, because, you know, I grew up with computers yeah. around me, but I'm pretty geek, man. That's what I am. Um, but it's funny because I sort that out and I still prefer to like transcribe because you end up speaking. Uh, you end up, it sounds like you're speaking to someone when they read it rather than when they just read it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like um, even like writing copy, obviously, you know, it's kind of very conversational and uh, everything that I write that's more than like a paragraph, I transcribe it now. Even if I have to do uh, an email, that's a very long email, I just transcribe it. Or even a Facebook post, I transcribe it. And it seems to be a lot more engaging because it is like, you know, a person's hearing your voice as they're reading the words. Yeah. I mean, it's the best way to actually go forward with it. Um, just something the way I actually think of things and do things is that same way. It's like, um, for instance, when I'm reading or writing, it's like that's how you actually envision and give everyone a voice. It's the same with artwork, though. Like whenever I do painting or like take photography or actually draw, I kind of listen to something and speak out what I want to see. And then as my hands mm. drawing, it's such a weird little thing, but it's something I definitely really got into. And I blame uh, John D. Martini for that one. He actually showed me how to do that. Um, oh, very cool. He's a really cool guy. I mean, just generally, just a cool dude. Um, okay, so I have to ask because my brain's actually kind of trying to remember there was a question I wanted to ask you. My brain that totally forgot. Oh, that was it. So if you were like to start out tomorrow as like a fitness instructor, like say you're in the fitness industry right now um, and you've got no clients, no money, you're kind of broke and uh, for all existences, you're not willing to invest a ton of money into, um, you know, your business because A, you don't have it and B, you don't know what you would do with it. How, like, what's the first three things you tell someone to do? Wow, that's a great question. And uh, I think about, like, when I first started, you know, um, I had no idea about marketing. I didn't have a website. I just lost a boatload of weight. I was a fat kid who got into shape, lost 60 pounds, and I was so high off the idea of fitness and how I'm going to transform my life. I wanted to transform others' lives. And kind of like how I started was people uh, started seeing my weight loss and said, hey, you know, How'd you do that? How'd you accomplish that? Uh, I've been trying to lose this weight for years and I saw you had this crazy transformation. Can you help me out? And it all started like that. Like I just started to train for free, help them with their nutrition, really uh, teach them the stuff that I've learned. 
And over time, I was helping people. They were getting weight loss. They were getting value from it. They were getting inspired and motivated. And I said, you know what? Like, I am working this crappy nine-to-five job. I would love to train people for a living. And I just made an agreement with them. I said, you know what? Like, I really enjoy working with you. You're my friend. And uh, I definitely want to keep training you and helping you reach your goals. But all I want to have you do is refer me to people and uh, please, you know, just help me out. I want to build a training business. Of course, I'll continue training you for free. I just ask of you every month, refer a new person to me. And that's all I ask. And I'll continue to help you and, and just constantly push you and motivate you to get you to go. Just refer one person. And that's how I build up my training business, just by helping people for free and having them refer their friends because every single person they referred, you know, it's from a place of like, just love, like, Hey, you know, this guy got me into shape and you know, those are the best new customers. And then from that point on, I was literally, uh, I built a, a six figure training business just based off referrals, no website, uh, no marketing tactics, nothing. And that really showed me the power of giving value before you ask for anything in return. Okay. So that's the first thing that you would do. Yes. What's that's the, the first thing. What's the next two things that you would do? Well, the next thing I would do right now that uh, I've uh, got a phenomenal grasp on uh, pay-per-click ads is, um, you know, I would take a, a little bit of budget and start to buy a pay-per-click ad and really drive them to a website or opt-in page or squeeze page. And then from that point on, uh, Get them on the phone and do the same thing, you know, get them on a uh, consultation call, deliver value to them, and then offer my services. This is a lot more strategic and, uh, you know, this would be done a lot faster and more like a way rather than, you know, waiting on a referral to do it more organically. Yeah, that's definitely another way to do it, especially with the new Facebook um, rules that they just brought out about like ads, that what the way they're going to get rid of um, organic searches so much now and actually focus more on paid ads. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, nowadays pay-per-click is the way to go. You know, you uh, get a, a great strategy going and uh, you can literally get leads for a pocket full of change, you know, and if you're a great person who believes in their product and could really add a lot of value, then you can convert those leads, turn them into clients, and then uh, grow your business in a very quick and fast way. Oh, definitely. Something I actually was looking at was Dan Candy's feeder method. And I actually love it. I like the way he's got that because the feeder method, a lot of people don't know about this. It's basically having people that buy your stuff, like whether it's books, clients, whatever, um, they buy your stuff until um, they, you know, they become part of your actual industry. They, they just eventually end up hiring you for stuff. Um, whether that's uh, being, how do I put this? Whether that's about being um, a small time client like you know they end up paying you for in my field it'd be like consulting or copywriting or full-on marketing packages or whatever it is it's um so it's basically like having a feeder system and you can do that with the fitness industry as well like you know you do a few personal trainings or you sell them a product and then eventually you bring them up to like private client level yeah yeah absolutely no that's great i mean i, I love the feeder method you know I'm a huge Danny fan, but I've never heard of that one before. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating. He, he did it for like copywriters at the AWAI, the American Writers and Arts Institution or whatever it is. Um, it's pretty cool. 
like I, I went through it and I was just like, oh my god, this is like two hours worth of Dan Kennedy. I'm a huge Dan Kennedy fan, but sometimes I'm just like, man, some of those concepts go over my head, but these ones actually didn't. I actually liked them. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, really huge fan of that. So okay, let's let's jump into something else that's a little bit more fun. Like, what was actually one of the biggest turning points uh, mentally for you in terms of um, you know like going? Because I know you told me there was a time where like you you fell out your fitness, you went through a rough patch, you fell out your fitness, you fell out with your business, and everything seemed to be going south for a while. What was it that turned it around? I mean, realistically, what was that big thing that turned it around, or was it just lots of little small things? And if so, what were they? Another great question, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you're bringing the fire today. Uh, I think that uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, you have a lot of uh, peaks and valleys. And uh, sometimes when you're at the peak, you kind of forget like the stuff you do on a daily basis to help you maintain that momentum of being at a high and always taking action, being in a very confident mind state. And, uh, you know, things happen in life. There's setbacks. You get a giant tax bill you have to pay or hey, you break out of a relationship and it just breaks your heart and you lack your confidence and it just kills your drive or even a turning point in the economy. All of a sudden, your business goes downhill. Everything you're doing is not working anymore and uh, you hit these really low points and um, you know we all hit them. Some months are amazing and then other months you're about to go bankrupt. And like, what do you do at those times? And uh, those are the times that make or break you. You know, the reason why a person could say an entrepreneur is being able to uh, tolerate pain. You know, I remember um, I was at this conference once and uh, Elon Musk was speaking and uh, someone asked him a great question, you know, and said, how did you become so successful? You know, the age of 20, I think, uh, you know, you founded PayPal and Tesla Motors and uh, SpaceX and, you know, he's one of the youngest billionaires in existence. And uh, he paused for a second and he said, the reason why I am successful is because I can tolerate a lot of pain. And like a light bulb went up in my head and I was like, whoa, you know, this, that is so true. You know, this ability to be in the red, be in the negative, have your back against the wall, be at the brink where you owe a lot of people money, you have serious amounts of debt and you're still taking action. You're still not tapping out. You're still taking that one step forward. You know, that is why he's a billionaire. And I found that, you know, we hit these really low points of pain where our backs are against the wall and uh, we could totally get inside of our minds into the negative thinking and saying that that's it. I'm a failure or everything I do is not working. Uh, I'm going to throw the towel in and you're going to do the worst thing you could do as a business owner. And that is get a nine to five job, go back to being an employee. That's like scary. You know, you built a business, you have this freedom. And when things get rough, you're like, screw this. I'm not made out to be an entrepreneur. Let me go work for someone that's so safer and more secure. And I think that fear, that pain of never, ever working for anyone else is what keeps your head above the water. That keeps you going. So I guess um, what I came to see is really, you know, we're going to go back to our original thread of this podcast interview. It's the mindset, you know, the mindset of taking that one last step, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight, give it that one last punch, take that one last breath, you know, just really keeping up that, you know, as I mentioned, when you're on a high, you're taking these daily actions on a daily basis and they're keeping your mindset fresh and you're obviously marketing yourself, you're selling 
you're, you're taking all these positive actions and sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we're like, we're doing so well, we start to cruise and then entropy, like anything in life, you know, your, your body, your relationships, your business, when you start to slack off on it, it goes downhill. And if you're aware of it, you could stop before it gets too low. But you know, if your mindset is not in the place, you can start to crumble. So I guess it's, you know, constantly taking action, staying in that really unstoppable, positive mindset, or you're going to crumble down and, you know, fathom to your weak thoughts and just, you know, not be able to tolerate the pain and the failure will really get to you. Yeah, I agree with you entirely there. That's like a huge thing. And one of my favorite, I'm glad you said tap out and stuff because um, that I, that thought of actually going back to getting a nine to five job is, has crossed a lot of people's minds. It's crossed my mind a few times when, you know, things weren't going good. I think Halbert said it best, which was his ex-wife got mad at him because he spent the last hundred dollars, the last thousand dollars they had on direct mail campaigns instead of, um, you know, paying for the light bill. And he was like, the lights are going to go out on like Saturday and it's Monday and I just paid all this money for this mail piece to go out. And like it wow. worked. I mean, it worked for him, but he just kept spending ridiculous amounts of money until he got it right. <laughs> That, that's a cool story. Yeah, I know. Uh, Gary Halbert has just had like the most amazing uh, influence on me. And just that, that whole line said, you know, any of the world's problems can be solved by a sales letter, you know? And uh, it goes back to that where, you know, it's your ability to sell, whether it's through the written word, through a video, in person, will always get you out of any problem that you have. And I just found that to be very fascinating. Most definitely. Sorry, I had to mute myself out for a second because uh, my cat just started pawing at my leg. <laughs> crazy, crazy thing. But yeah, anyway, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, even like Halbert went ahead and uh, had frigging, what, what do you have? He actually wrote a sales letter in order to get a girl, like a girlfriend at one point as well. Oh yeah, the classified ads. <laughs> yeah, I actually still have that because that was so epic. I was like, I want that. I want to see this thing in action just because it's Halbert, you know, he's amazing. Um, so it's, you know, incredible. Yeah. No, you're right. I think when you look back on history and also you see uh, the people who've changed the world in a profound way, they were just amazing salespeople. You know, if you look at Gandhi, if you look at Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, you know, even modern day Obama, they're just powerful persuaders. They know how to sell. And just like that, you know, when you have a problem where you want to take your cause and your campaign to the next level, your ability to persuade people and sell them to your side will get you out of any problem that you're in. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. It's absolutely amazing just exactly how the mind works in that kind of capacity. I think one of the things I was like talking to a friend about this last night because uh, they asked me to sell them something, you know, just to test me out and stuff. And like, yeah, you can sell on your feet and stuff like that. And they're like, you have the gift of the gab, which I've had some people like say that that's a bad thing. I've had some people say it's a good thing. This is like for anyone that has the quote unquote gift of the gab, I'll explain it to you. It's pretty much this to me. And AJ, tell me if you agree or disagree. But my thing is that if you have the gift of the gab, what you have the ability to do is think on your feet, not sell. You have the ability to think on your feet. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. Yeah. 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 Thinking on your feet. That's really where it's at. Cause you know, obviously you're going to be put into some really stressful, high pressure situations. And if you have the ability to think on your feet, 
you think your way out of that problem. However, you know, if you can't think on your feet, you're going to succumb to that failure, that pain, and just, uh, you know, dig yourself into an early grave. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's incredible, just like how many people um, don't really get that. I mean, you can, of course, you can do it without thinking on your feet. I mean, you can have a script and stuff, but introverts can have the gift of the gab as well as extroverts. It's not an exclusive extrovert thing. Mm-hmm. It's a learned skill, but you know, it takes time. And uh, I'll ask you a question. How does one develop the quickness of thinking on their feet? You mentioned that it's a learned skill. What is the process like? Okay, cool. Uh, for me, I never went through a process so much because I kind of like over time it developed. But one of the, I'll give three things for anyone that's listened to this. And thank you for asking me a question. I was like, turning this interview on a 180, aren't you? Um, That's fascinating. I had to know. All right. So like the way I would do it is you got to get out of your comfort zone, like massively, but you got to do it in small steps to start with. So the first thing that you got to do is if you're a guy, go up to a female cashier and have a conversation with her for two minutes straight, like literally Mm. about anything. If you're a female, go to a male cashier and do the exact same thing. Of course, it'll be easier for a female, but like get them to just talk about really random shit that you don't know. That'll mm-hmm. force you to think on your feet because then you got to think about stuff. Two, this is one of my favorites and um, one of my favorite ways to do it is really start like start playing a game called uh, it's just the game of stories. It's, it's this great game that a friend of mine showed me years ago. And what you do is you time it so you have um, 20 seconds to talk about a part of a story and then as soon as that 20 seconds is up the person after like your friend that's with you they have 10 seconds to come up with the next 20 second bit and then once they're done wow. you have 10 seconds to, for you to come up with the next bit and you gotta think quickly on your feet and like if you can get that 10 second thing right down to as quickly as possible it's seamless between the two of you it's perfect it's a really mm. cool way to actually sharpen your mental skill um, and the third way, which is a big thing, is do some sort of performance art, where it's improv, where it's improv comedy, stand-up comedy, or um, do it in a crowd and learn to deal with hecklers, because any of that kind of stuff requires quick thinking. Yeah. So. No, those are great tips. Yeah, wow. So that's like, of course, stand-up would be like, it's not the most painful, but it's like the one that's like, holy crap, that's, I got to do stand-up? Ah, maybe not. I don't know. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. But I mean, you can go for different stuff. Very cool. Yeah, so I got to try that. Yeah, I mean, like the cashier one is probably the easiest one in the world to do. Because um, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're always putting yourself in like, you know, somewhat like uncomfortable situations where you have to be very, very quick on your feet. But you're right. It trains your brain so it gets like the exact pathways that fire off a lot faster. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got to basically go through that. Um, and again, the story thing is one of my favorite things the whole wide world to do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like one of the most challenging, but it's amazing. Very cool. Like, have you ever gone through that? Like, ever done the story thing? Uh, no, actually, I have like a really uh, a way of doing it myself. Like, um, I grew up in New York, and uh, I always grew up like listening to hip-hop music. You know, and uh, I was always fascinated to see like a rapper who could freestyle, you know, mm-hmm. how they could just rhyme after rhyme after rhyme after rhyme and just off the top of their head. And, uh, 
I always thought that I was like a superpower. Like, how do these guys do it? You know? And then uh, one day I committed myself to the craft, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just find a beat off of YouTube, and I'm going to start freestyle rapping, you know, just rhyming, going back and forth. And I was horrible. I was, like, so bad at it. I was like, what is he even, like, making words rhyme? And then I got there. You know, I was doing, like, cat, hat, bat, you know? And then I said every day I'm going to spend 10 minutes on my drive just freestyle rapping. And uh, it was incredible, you know, like in a matter of like six months, I got really, really good at it. And I found that because I was forcing myself to work on this freestyling craft, that my writing improved, my speaking improved. I was very quick to just answer questions, you know, be quick on my feet. So uh, that's one method that helped me. That's pretty cool. Okay, now you know that I'll get you to drop a quick beat if you can still do it. <laughs> no way you know this is actually the first time i ever shared this in, in a public way no one knows about this if i see me driving my car bopping my head and rapping but yeah it's, it's like private stuff but uh yeah i, I had to share it no yeah, that's pretty cool <laughs> huh yes i actually love the fact that you're you're like my fifth victim that i've had someone actually go ahead and share some personal stuff that no one else knows yeah <laughs> i use you just open the but I'm glad, you know, because you brought us some really good tips. And I'm like, wow, what do I do that just makes me quick? And uh, yeah, it's, it's, but you know, it goes back to the craft, you know, where like, I'm sure when you first started uh, copywriting, you know. Oh, dude, I started young. Time, I started young. So. Huh? Yeah, now you're like, you know, the best of the best. And it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't a genetic gift. It was something you work your ass off for. Oh, partially, yeah. I mean, there was a gift for, like, handing away with words, but I think probably the thing that really fucked me over most was the confidence issue. Mm. I mean, that's a huge thing. I mean, I was talking to uh, Dan Meredith about this, and I told him, like, the amount of money I've made for my clients just, like, at this exact time, like, when, you know, December 2nd, 2014, is just uh, slightly over $78 million for my clients. Wow. Um, and that's in six years. So... I'm like looking at this going, fuck, I made that money. Like my first big hit, I made $6 million for my client in a week, like in the real estate wow. niche. Yeah, as a copywriter for them. Um, and I was 19. Like my commission check was $150,000, all this other stuff. It was great. But here's where I really fucked myself over. I actually got to a point where mentally I hadn't become accustomed to it. Mm. Yeah, so, um, so it's it's incredible just absolutely incredible like how that happens yeah i know you're right about that and yeah. uh but it took time I mean, yeah i can imagine yeah but mentally taking time to get used to the fact that you can actually charge the amount of money that you can is a huge thing because like i still believed for a really long time that i wasn't good enough and i had to like you know work my way up and bust my chops and all this that the other words it like it took a friend of mine uh, called Jared, and Jared just basically sat me down. He was like, "Dude, here's the funny thing that you got to realize: just use the leapfrog method. How many sales letters have you written that have actually gone on to do like multiple seven and eight figure letters? I'm like, quite a lot of my sales pieces I have like high six figures, seven figures, eight figures. I've had one nine figure sales letter almost come in once. Um, wow. We say almost because they actually, um, unfortunately, they got to like the project. How quickly they grew. They went from like six million dollars in the first year to like 15 million after in the second year and they were on the tr they're literally like the rate of growth they were going through that entire year uh in the third year was ridiculous i was like these guys are going to hit like nine figures very soon like in about the next three mm. years they're going to hit nine figures 
unfortunately the ceo passed away um and mm-hmm. like it just it was never the same again i mean they pulled everything the new guy didn't like how it was working he had his own ideas and one thing led to another and you know like they didn't get that way they actually ended up uh, uh closing down shop unfortunately after the recession um you know go figure it happens but at that point like the stuff that you have to have and it's called like, like one of the, my favorite things is mental acuity mm-hmm. um it's like a really, really big thing so like you have to have that in order to actually succeed it's crazy but like just to wrap up real quick because i do want like i love ending these things on a note that's always like getting three tips now you've already given us three tips but i'm going to get you to um like if you can just give three tips on mindset though three tips on mindset or fitness or both um or one of each, like business, mindset, and fitness. Let's do all three. One tip on each that people can do today to go from where they are to where they want to be. Like just stuff they can just change. It could be little things, could be big things, but completely up to you. Yeah, great. Sure, that's uh, that'd be a pleasure of mine. Uh, let's start with mindset first. I found uh, my own uh, personal experience and uh, those of my clients and just uh, you know really studying deep into psychology. One of the greatest things uh, you could do in terms of your own personal happiness, mindset, confidence, and focus is uh, taking some time to do some me time every day. And uh, me time is literally where you spend some time in silence. Uh, you could call it meditation. You could call it just visualizing. Uh, you could just sit in a room with absolutely nothing, cyber detox, turn your phone off, and just observe your thoughts. And that simple act, whether you do 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day will have a profound effect on your overall mindset. So that is my number one tip for your mindset. When it comes to fitness, really it comes down to daily habits. In order for you to be successful in pretty much anything in your life, you need to have a daily habit. So if you're having positive health habits on a daily basis where you're doing a little bit of exercise, you know, 10 minutes of walking, 10 minutes of activity, if you're eating a little bit better, you know, obviously just focusing on being 10% better each day, drinking more water, you know, focusing on at least having eight glasses of water a day, just doing these small daily habits over time, they're going to create a lot of momentum. They're going to create a lot of consistency and having something in your daily schedule for your health will have a profound effect. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you start, if you're a beginner or advanced, but just taking time to make small incremental improvements over time will make a significant difference. And I guess um, my tip for business is really uh, what has worked for me. And, uh, you know, for many people that I know as well, is really if you're trying to get to the next level with your business, if you're trying to add, you know, some more money to your monthly revenue, or if you're trying to accomplish greater things, grow your business uh, just in capacity, uh, one of the fastest ways is to hire a coach or a consultant. You know, I've learned this the hard way. Uh, you could take 10 years for you to master something, trial and error, investing time, money, energy, or you could do that same thing within a month by investing in someone who's been where you are, a consultant, a person who will try to get you where you need to be a lot faster. You know, it's like with writing copy too, you know, you can get a person to study copy, write copy, basically read every book there is. And in five years, they're only going to be mediocre, you know, where you could hire a professional 
and they could write you a sales letter and let's say you invest you know ten thousand dollars in this copywriter you could potentially make you a hundred thousand dollars so it's realizing that you know marketing is a cost and yes you could try to figure it out yourself you could lose a lot of money have a lot of failures but you go right to the source you get to the expert you get a top-notch copywriter that'll 10x your business to the next level so you know just a few things that I found work for me and I'm sure they work for a lot of other people oh yeah definitely I mean that's a really big one especially with copy it's like such a huge thing people trying to do it themselves they usually muck it up I've got a client that tried to do it and it took him six months to write his own piece uh, and it sold decently well it took me two days to re rewrite it like from scratch and we out we outdid control by like 15% like wow yeah, not like 15 percent compared like his initial thing was like 2.5 percent conversion rate when we were through with it it was converting at 17. So. oh my god you see like that's one of those things you can't afford not to do it you know yeah. because you basically are putting money on the table by not hiring someone to do your copy because that's everything you know if something the copy sucks, you know, the product will never even be purchased. And, you know, you, people waste so much money on, you know, the, the product itself and the fulfillment and the fancy websites and the bells and whistles. But if the thing can't sell, it ain't going nowhere. Exactly. Hey, dude, listen, I know you got a jet and stuff, so it's been absolutely a pleasure having you on here. Of course, I'll have you on board. Uh, if you'll be again, you know, if you have time to come back on, I'd love to have you on here because it's always fun uh, chatting to you. But, um, yeah, it's been really, really fun. Yeah, bro. I just had such an amazing time. Uh, this is a great conversation. Really honored to, to be on here. You know, it's a really, really uh, powerful experience. I took some notes myself. I learned a, a lot of great things from you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Guys, as always, check out Life Fuel Fit, not Lift, because I'm a frigging moron. LifeFuelFit.com. <laughs> the link's underneath this uh, podcast. Um, go check it out. Uh, check out AJ's stuff. And as always, if you want to start your own stuff, Head over to uh, purelyhosting.com forward slash adult and get started today. Thank you for being here, guys. And my cat says goodbye to you as well. Bye.